Welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Trasilla from NHS Somerset, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, GP and NHS Somerset Clinical Lead for Mental Health. And we're really pleased today to be talking about Somerset Independent Living Centres. And we've got Jules Ballew and Andrew, Andrea Laker to uh, help us on that. So could we ask you please to introduce yourselves? Andrea first. Hi, Andrew. Yes, uh, I'm Andrea. I'm an occupational therapist of nearly 30 years. Um, I've been working in Somerset County Council for 17 years um, and have been running the Independent Living Centre here in Shepton all since last October. Thank you very much. So talking to us from Shepton Mallet in Somerset. Great. And uh, Jules. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Peter. Uh, my name's uh, Julian Ballou, but everybody calls me Jules. I'm a commissioning officer in adult social care. And like Andrea, I've worked for Somerset County Council for nearly 30 years. Um, and my areas of work are independent living centres and technology-enabled care. So, obvious first question, what is an independent living centre? Yeah, I, if I can answer this one, and, and then um, Andrew, no doubt, help, help me out here. So, um, our independent living centres are an opportunity for people to come along, talk to an occupational therapy-led team, and try equipment um, and get guidance on things that can help them keep independent at home. That could be in the bathroom, in the bedroom, in the kitchen, or out and about in the community. And you mentioned technology. Andrea, what sort of technological devices do you have available to help people? What What's the range of things that you can offer? So under within our um, tech lounges, so technology-enabled care lounges, we're looking um, specifically at pieces of equipment, be they mainstream or more specialist, that would help people remain more independent. So that might be people, say, with a dementia, an early dementia, still living at home or with a carer. Or it might just be generally people that need reminders for things like taking medication or having drinks. Or it might be as simple as having a, a smart device to open your blinds for you because you might struggle to, to get to the windows um, or wake you up in the morning at the right time for your carer, for example. We've got a wide range of, of equipment available that people can try and see um, see being used, be it their families using it. Um, we've got pieces of equipment like um, devices, uh, video calling devices that were really good during the pandemic to help people keep in touch with uh, their family, even though they couldn't maybe use more complicated devices, so very simple devices. Does it include things like wheelchairs and mobility scooters and that sort of thing? It doesn't, Peter, no. So um, we have a, a very wide range of equipment that we can show people and prescribe. So we can prescribe free loan equipment as well here. Um, wheelchairs comes under a different service. That's an NHS-led service. Um, and we're not a shop. So we, we, have, we have a small amount of equipment that people can purchase if they want to. But generally, we've got things like uh, equipment to get, get in and out of bed, uh, getting out of the bath. That's our most um, popular area, I suppose, is helping people get in and out of the bath or to use a shower. And that might be something as simple as a little shower board to get in and out of the bath without falling or slipping. Um, or it could be a stool to use in your in your shower cubicle. Um, things like rise of recliner chairs or, um, you know, we can try, people can try those with us um, and then maybe go out and, and purchase something with a bit more um, education um, behind them so they know they're buying the right thing. 
Interesting. So a whole range of um, options to help people. But how would people know about you? How how and how would they make an appointment? So who are you looking for for people to come forwards to be helped? I mean, I think our service is kind of we're open to 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 any any adults in Somerset, and it's kind of anyone who may need any help and support in living independently. That could be older people, people with um, long term health conditions people with disabilities, sensory impairments. So, um, uh, yeah, our phone number, our email address is adults at somerset.gov.uk. And if you email us, we will, um, our Somerset Direct team will phone you back and and book in a time that's convenient for you to visit our centres. So our centres are open uh, Monday to Thursday, and you can book through um, emailing us on adults at somerset.gov.uk. And our Somerset Direct contact team will call you back uh, and you can book the appointment. You can also call 0300 123 2224. That's 0300 123 2224. And maybe now is a good time to mention, because we have a lot of listeners outside Somerset, that similar schemes and support are, are available nationwide, aren't they? Um, but I'm interested to to just bottom out um, who can access your services. So, you mentioned about people with with handicaps. What about people, say, who are visually impaired, where they they can also get support from RNIB? How how do how do you work together with other specialist services or people with learning disability, for instance? So, Peter, as, as Jules said, we're open to anyone over eighteen currently um, who live in the Somerset area. Um, so, yes, they might have a sensory loss, so a hearing or a visual impairment. Um, in both our centres, we have pe- uh, we have workers who have sensory loss experience, um, who can give really really good advice about little gadgets or different ways of doing things to help compensate and keep independence. You know, when you're having a sensory loss problem, we work alongside people like the RNIB and Somerset Sight in this area, um, and we would signpost to them, um, you know, supportive services as appropriate. Um, people with learning dif- difficulties or disabilities, we also serve. Um, we tend to mainly concentrate on people with physical impairments because that's where our expertise is. But we do have lots of um, equipment that goes across a wide range, including learning disability, brain injury, dementia. Um, yeah, but it, it, it's generally anyone with a long term health condition. So we don't deal with. Uh, things like just after operations or broken limbs, that kind of thing, because we don't do rehabilitation. Um, we, we help people compensate for long-term impairments. And I'm interested that you mentioned dementia. As you probably know, we're in the midst of setting up a new um, dementia service in Somerset, and we've got roadshows going on at the moment that people are very welcome to, to come to. What sort of things will help people with dementia to stay independent? What kind of devices have you got available? So, so we've got some lovely simple devices. Um, there's, there's one called a memorable, which is um, it's an orientation device. So it helps people know whether it's morning or afternoon or if it's night or day. It helps people um, know what time of day it is. It can also flash up with reminders like um, perhaps something like your care is due at 10 o'clock or um, I'm coming to take you for a GP appointment at five o'clock. Um, it can remind people to have a drink, 
um, or take medication. So things that really um, don't replace care, but maybe prevent the need for formal care, uh, people actually coming into your home, which people might find, uh, particularly in the early stages of dementia, they might find that a bit over the top. Um, so really just helping people stay independent and safe at home. We also obviously um, have a lifeline provider now in Somerset um, who can provide things like falls alarms. So if people fall at home and they're living on their own, um, then they can you know, um, be supported to either call a family member or, or the emergency services. Um, but also with things like smoke alarms uh, linked to a call centre. So if someone's not sure what to do if a smoke alarm goes off. Again, it's just simple things like that that keep people at home when they really don't want to have to go into more supportive accommodation. And I think it's also fair to say, Andrea, that you and the, and the other members of the Silk team are really well informed and connected to the local community. So you're able to offer information and advice and signpost into other organisations as well. So though we focus on equipment and technology and, and keeping people independent, we're also able to signpost to other organisations such as village agents and carer services and those kind of things as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you clearly cover a huge range of, uh, of things to help people, which is fantastic. Are there any particular examples you can give of how people have been helped and things that have allowed them to live independently? I could give my, my own example, um, Andrea, uh, sorry, Peter, from my own um, circumstances. So I, I have a, a scoliosis of the spine. And, and I've been struggling in terms of seating and, and being um, uh, comfortable and, and issues, concerns in my posture. Andrew, as well as being a fantastic OT, is a good friend as well. So actually, I was, I was able to get some professional support from Andrea with some seating that can help me and hopefully um, with some of my posture issues. Also, um, my, my father um, had, had dementia and my mum my and myself cared for dad for a, a long period of time. And we had some fantastic support from um, our local um, occupational therapy team, particularly around things like um, the, the chair sensor that, that Andrea talked about. So the chair sensor was fantastic because it enabled mum to continue her caring role, but have a bit of freedom just to be able to go out in the garden and have a little break. But knowing that if dad did get out the chair and was likely to wander, she'd be notified she could come in and she could support him. So sometimes those small little bits of technology with that bit of support and understanding from the, the the occupational therapy led team can make a huge difference to someone's life. That's really helpful, Jules, to have that personal story. And, uh, and you know, we always worry about sh sharing personal stories because of breach of confidentiality. But you very kindly, honestly, and uh, and uh, helpfully shared that. So thank you for that. Um, if I were coming into a silk in, as as a client. What should I expect? So I've got my appointment and what, what happens next? Um, Andrew, so you'd come in and uh, certainly in the Shepton um, Centre and these are, you know, they are everywhere. So everywhere slightly varies. Um, but when you come and see us, um, we would very much take the approach of how can I help? So very much client centred, led by you. What, you know, what do you want to achieve by coming to see us? Uh, and so for some people, they know exactly what they want. They want to um, try, you know, they're struggling to get in and out of bed and want to try some equipment or they want to have a look at our, our lovely wet room because they're thinking about converting their bathroom because the bath is difficult. 
For other people that might need a little bit of prompting and that's where our expertise comes in sort of teasing out okay so if you're struggling maybe to get in out of bed are you also struggling to get on and off your toilet um or you know have you got some memory problems do we need to look at some help with that um yeah so it's you get an hour's appointment with us um and it as i said very much led by yourselves or your family as to what you want to achieve by the end of it, hopefully you've had really good advice. You've maybe been signposted to some supportive services that are in the local community. And you might even go out with some equipment. We have a little store here so that if we feel you've, you know, you've got room in the car, we could prescribe you maybe a walking aid or a piece of equipment for the toilet you can go home with and use that very day. So really quite instant results. The other thing that the team and the centres are really great at is showcasing um, the kind of the art of the possible. So what else is on the market that may be something that as a local authority, we wouldn't necessarily prescribe, but some equipment that's available for people to part, to purchase themselves. So one example is a is a very simple to use personalized mobile phone that is is really, really popular. Um, we have a lot of people view the center and they're able to, to pick up a leaflet about these kind of um, very easy to use mobile phones um, and, and then set them up themselves. So we try to, if we can, as much as we can, showcase equipment and technology that people can 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 purchase themselves at a relatively low cost. Another thing I came across at a conference recently was uh, robotic pets for people with dementia, companion pets. Is is that something that you've got experience of? We've we've actually just got our lovely little black and white cat called Silky, obviously. Um, he, he's lovely. He's been provided by one of the robo pets um, companies, um, and it was something that J Jules and I actually tried at a different centre when we visited in uh, in another area. Um, they are remarkably lifelike. They respond to touch and to sound and to light. So when I open up the centre in the morning, he starts meowing at me, starts lifting his paw for a bit of attention. Um, and we've found actually that people, anyone who's particularly anxious who comes and sees us, or again, people maybe with a dementia who are just a little bit confused about um, where they are, um, actually sitting silky on their laps, you instantly want to stroke him. And there's that interaction. And we all know that actually, you know, animals can be very, very soothing. Um, and without the need for actually feeding it or looking after it particularly just changing its batteries every now and then you can get the same thing from this robo pet and there's really good evidence around um people with dementia you know who maybe have had pets and can't look after them now um feeling the benefit of one of these robo pets they do cats they do dogs they do birds all different sorts of pets but yes ours has been extremely popular since we've had them um, with staff and clients and what we try to do as well is with our independent living centres is to make them, you know, the, the same offer in every centre. So all the equipment and technology that you see at, at the, the centre we have in Shepton Mallet, you'll see at the Wellington Independent, Wellington independent Living Centre. And then you'll, you'll also see at the, at the centre which we're developing in Yeovil at the moment. So you get the same service no matter which independent living centre you visit. Brilliant. Andrew, you mentioned about changing batteries and it sort of brought to mind technology is not an, always an unalloyed joy, is it? I mean, it goes wrong. It needs batteries changing. Things break down. Is the person responsible for maintaining the equipment that you supply or do you have some sort of aftercare service? 
So it does depend what they're provided. So some of our items, we we just show people, like Jules was saying, showing what's possible, really, and they have to buy them themselves. But something like the RoboCat, I mean, his batteries are going to last for months. So, you know, hopefully a family member could do that when they visited. With the equipment that we actually prescribe, we have um, uh, an equipment provider who um, will repair and replace anything that goes wrong. So it's it's on free loan for as long as anyone needs it with that backup of the equipment provider 24 hours a day. I'm just I'm just fascinated hearing about Silky the cat and I'm remembering when when my children some years ago had something called Tamagotchis and there was a uh, there was a craze for for uh, a little um, programmable, um, well, I don't know whether they were programmable, but little electronic devices. I you think had you, had to, you had to yeah. feed them. And did you have yeah. to change their nappies? I heard you yeah. talking about changing batteries. I think one had to change nappies on these little devices. But some some of our listeners may remember these these um, these devices, but some of them, uh, uh, it, it was a long time ago. Furbies as well. Thank you very much. Thankfully, our cat doesn't need the litter tray emptying, so that makes our life much easier. I think the other thing I would add about our independent living centres is the ability for people to come and try equipment and technology, either before it's prescribed by us or they buy it themselves. So often, if you go into any shop, the, 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 the item is on the shelf and it's difficult really to try it and see if it works for you. The range of equipment and technology we have at our centres enables people to come in, try it, see how it fits for them, see how it works with their lifestyle. If they if they come with a family member or a carer, they can they can they can both try it. So it really gives people that ability to be a bit more confident and say, actually I really like I really like that. That's what I'll go for. So that's the big thing for us. It's almost that 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 ability to try it and see how it works for people. But also with the independent advice of an, you know, an occupational therapy led team rather than just salespeople. So you'll really know it's going to be suitable for you. We won't recommend anything that won't work for you. Absolutely. That sounds great. So you have a good welcome. You have a professional assessment. Great welcome. Professional assessment. Um, no, no heavy sales pitch, uh, but independent, authoritative, professional advice on what may help you. Uh, and support to obtain those and just sounds great how was it again that we should make an appointment to access the service what's the best way yeah so our somerset independent living center service is free for people to attend um, but it's an appointment only service so what we ask people to do is um, email us on adults at somerset.gov.uk ask for a, a silk or an independent living center appointment and the best time for us to call you back, Somerset Direct will then call you back uh, and book an appointment for you. You can also call us on 0300 123 2224. That's 0300 123 2224. All these details are also available on our website. That's www.somerset.gov.uk forward slash equipment. So that's www.somerset.gov.uk forward slash equipment and our website also includes um, some really great videos that give you a kind of walkthrough through our independent living centers so you can see what to expect when you visit and just to say also that our centers are all on ground floor fully accessible with um, plenty of disabled parking Um, so i'd encourage people to to make an appointment 
And can I just say as well, just to add to that, Jules, anyone can make an appointment with the person's consent. It doesn't have to be from a health professional. Um, the person themselves ideally would phone up and make that appointment or we would speak to them. Or it can be a family member. As long as we've got their consent, anyone can make an appointment. That's great to hear. Looking to the future, we're on the verge, aren't we, of machines that pass the Turing test and chat GPT and things like that. Do you see that as being part of what you can offer in the future? We're already um, in our in our independent living centres. We have uh, tablets set up with apps that people um, can try. So we're also looking at already looking at um, app technology uh, and we refer people to the um, Orca suite of apps that I know um, NHS Somerset are also using. So that's really useful. So we're trying, if we can, to keep a pace with um, what's on the, on the market. But obviously, that, that it's, it's difficult to do that sometimes. Um, Andrea? Um, I was just going to say, I mean, it, it, none of this should replace the personal touch. We don't want people in isolated little bubbles in, in their little villages in Somerset. Um, but it's, you know, as well as having that contact with with people and with their family, um, it, it's about, you know, what people want. So if people want to be independent and live independently, and that's their goal, we'll help them achieve that. If they don't, if they want to live in more of a communal setting, we'll help them achieve that as well. And I think the real big thing for me is when I've talked to people who um, Andrea has supported or are other members of our occupational therapy-led service, it's that ability to um, have choice and control over your own life. So sometimes, actually, uh, to give you an example, um, I, I know uh, an individual who has their home um, fairly well voice automated and, and the difference that can make for that individual. So, for example, um, when they wake up in the morning, they're able to voice activate opening their own curtains. So not only does it give that individual the independence that someone hasn't got to come into their bedroom and open the curtains for them, but it gives them independence to do it themselves. But also that dignity, that dignity about that individual going, um, actually, I'm going to be as independent as I can, make my own choices, make my own choices when I open the curtains and see the sunshine in the morning. So it's really about finding the right solutions for individual, but being very person-centred. Fantastic. Julian, can I just ask you to unpack an acronym you used earlier, ORCA? I like the sound of, of Silky the, the, the cat, but I'm not just so sure I, I, I want to kill a whale in my in my house. Can you tell us what ORCA is, please? Yes. So ORCA is a, is a library of apps that can help people with um, health conditions. So, for example, um, for myself personally, uh, breathing and, 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 and respiratory exercise is really good for me. So I've 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 looked at the um, Orca um, suite of apps. I can type in there um, breathing exercises, and it shows me apps that can help with um, breathing exercises, for example. So you can type in your condition or what you're looking for some support with, uh, uh, and the and the the Orca, which is the library of apps, will recommend apps that can help you. Thank you. So you're here to help us through the Somerset Independent Living Centres to live independently, and what. What are the sort of the quantified benefits for that? I mean, it seems common sense, but actually there must be some real benefits that we see. I mean, obviously there's the, the benefits to, to the people themselves. You know, most of us want to be independent. We don't want to be dependent on others or on carers. Um, we're just starting to look at sort of benefits realisation. So 
how much might we be saving, for example, in, in the cost of home care? So as you know, home care is very expensive. It's also a, a scarce resource. So if we can prevent the need for home care, um, that's already saving a lot of money for, for the council. I think just looking at what we did last month, just in Shepton, we think we saved about £3,500 just in home care costs. Now, that's a lot of money, but that's also a lot of people that don't have to have carers that might not want them coming into their homes. We've also, you know, hopefully prevented things like falls. So that would generally, you know, could be at least a minor injuries, if not an accident emergency visit. That saves a huge amount to the NHS as well. Sorry, Jules. And I think the big thing for me is around care is such a precious resource, not only in Somerset, but across the whole county. So what we really want to do is prioritise that valuable care for those who need that. As Andrea said previously, you know, th those tasks where you need support from an individual. And that's what we need. That's what we want to prioritise. So if we can keep people as independent as they can, great. But for those who really need that person to person support, that's where we want to prioritise home care. And that's how, how that's how our independent living centres and technology and enabled care can support that. So it's 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 making the most of the limited resources that we have. And two things: we've got a SomersetDementia.org website coming soon, which uh, is going to share all sorts of information and roadshows that are coming up. And I'd just like to ask your thoughts about technology. So we we've been using the word technology in this podcast fairly fairly loosely, but we're sort of assuming that it's digital technology, but actually technology goes back to the wheel and the knife and fork and all sorts of things like that. Uh, and for some of us, we're still a little bit stuck in the Stone Age. I, I speak as a slight Luddite on uh, on some of that because I like old-fashioned things. Any comments on that? I would say, us. I think sometimes the term technology, digital, can can scare people. But I kind of want to reassure people that in our independent living centres, we have a whole range of, of, of technology that can support a vast array of kind of capability and confidence. So to give you an example, the, the, mo the simple mobile phone I mentioned, my, a member of my family has it and it's really increased their independence. It's a very simple tool to use, but it's exceptionally well designed. But then we also have app-based technology that actually for some people and probably for a, a younger generation who are very familiar with smart devices, apps and mobile phones is really great for them. So we try to cater as, as much as we can for a whole range of, of our community. And I would just, you know, back to very basic technology, something like raising the height of someone's chair can mean the difference between whether you can get out to answer the door or not. Uh, or whether you need assistance from someone to stand up or not. So, you know, something as, as really simple as a, as a chair raise can make a huge difference. Or just showing someone a slightly different technique for getting in and out of bed means the difference between sleeping in a chair or sleeping in a bed for some. And I believe on a personal note, Jules, you may be expecting some technology to be delivered quite soon. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, as my occupational therapist, Andreas, just said, um, you know, it's it, even simple things like um, seating or having a, cha a chair raised can make a real difference. And I think what the team are really good at are about helping you understand your condition and what you can do to help you manage your condition. 
And for example, I've got this chair being um, delivered to my home today to help me with my posture. So there may well be a doorbell in a moment and some and some banging and potentially all sorts of things going on. But again, I know it will help me help me keep independent um, and help me manage my condition as well. And I think that's a really important point that you've both made, which is that there's so much technology available, we can become baffled by it. Sometimes it needs the high tech stuff. Sometimes it needs the simple stuff. But that if people come to you, they know that they're going to get expert help to point them in the right direction and help them stay independent. And that's that's a fantastic outcome and a, a brilliant goal. And I applaud you for all the work you do. Thank you very much. Yes. Any last words from either of you, Jules or Andrea? Just one for me. I think what's really important is is, is around how we how Andrea and the team and and the and the silk teams across the county very much focus on that individual. So it's about understanding that individual and what's important to them. So the whole thing around, you know, how can we help you is so important that it's really focused on on the individual and and, and what they want to achieve and their goals. And I think that's so important. And I'd, I'd always like to put in a plug for, for occupational therapy. We're a very understaffed, underknown about profession. And um, any opportunity I get, I try and tell people I'm an occupational therapist and try and explain what that is because, you know, it's a very unknown term. Um, but, yeah, if anyone wants to train to be an occupational therapist, you can find that information on the Royal College of Occupational Therapy website. Brilliant. And can I ask a, a favour that when you both come back on, on a, a future podcast, can you bring Silky the cat with you, please? Absolutely. I nearly brought him today. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the other thing, David, is just a, a, a plea really is for me that it's really important that, you know, we, we're trying to, as much as we can, promote our free free service. So encouraging people to, to make appointments. So we've been doing lots and lots of uh, meets and greets and engagement with care providers, GPs, health professionals, um, community and voluntary sectors, village halls, garden centres, wherever we can promote this service, we're really encouraging to spread the word. Because it's, it's really interesting when we when we talk to people, often people say to me, oh, my, my uncle would really benefit from visiting that independent living centre. My gran would really benefit, benefit from visiting that independent living centre. So it's really encouraging people to, to get, in contact, get in contact with us and book an appointment today and i think jules as well just just yeah it is a nationwide thing so the independent living center we use that term specifically because it's quite a nationally recognized term so if you're not in somerset there will be centers in your in your regions uh, run by equally skilled teams i'm sure um so please make you know take advantage of those as well just google independent living center other search engines available helping and empowering people Thank you very much, both of you, for coming and joining us today, uh, Andrea and Jules. It's been absolutely fascinating. Um, we're very lucky in Somerset to have you. Thank you very much indeed. All the best. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast, hosted by our team of doctors from NHS Somerset, including Dr. Andrew Tresida, Dr. Peter Bagshaw and Dr. Sarah Cooper. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group. 